Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition, and we have a very special show for you today. We have a great guest all the way from Bury St. Edmunds in the United Kingdom. That's very close to Cambridge. For those of you that aren't up on your British geography, welcome to the show, Paul Hoffensberger. Thank you very much, Victor. Pleasure to be here. Paul, great to have you here. And we're not talking about real estate today, but you've done a bunch of notable things in your life, and one in particular that I think has captured a lot of people's attention and imagination. That's having swum the English Channel not once, not twice, but three times. Are you are you mad, or why don't you just take us through this journey, how you got to this point? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm a little bit mad, Victor, to have done, done that. But uh, I decided back in 2006, having seen a guy um, on television called David Williams, who's a British comedian. I, I saw him swim the channel. And uh, it was a, a one-hour uh, documentary, and it was, it was very big because he was a famous UK comedian. And I was, I was sitting upstairs in my, uh, in my living room. My, my wife was down here in the kitchen, and uh, she was preparing some evening meal. And I came down and I said to her, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to swim the English Channel. And, uh, and she, she, she looked back at me and she said, right, uh, what would you like for your evening meal? And, and I said, no, no, seriously, I'm going to swim the English Channel. And she said, well, why are you going to do that? I said, well, she's actually the mayor of Bury St. Edmunds at the time. And I said, we, you know, as, as a mayor, we normally try and earn money for, for the mayor's charities. And I said, we need to earn some money. And I've, I've always been a swimmer. And I said, I'm going to swim the English Channel. And she just looked at me completely blank. And because uh, she, she's not a very good swimmer at all. And to, to actually, the thought of actually swimming across the English Channel for her, did not compute. So yeah, she uh, just went silent. <laughs> so that's how it started. Now, of course, the English Channel is known for lots of things. There's lots of shipping traffic. There's it's not particularly warm water at all. Let's start start with the training regimen. Okay. Yeah. So as as you just said, I mean the, the English Channel is uh, yeah more people have actually climbed Mount Everest and have ever swum the the, the, the English Channel. Uh, th- thousands more have and. Uh, so once I decided to do it, I, did, I, I said, right, I need to get in the swimming pool and see where I am. Because I hadn't swum for 11 years. You know, I used to be a competitive swimmer as a child. And uh, right, right up until I was 32. And I was, I was now 43 when I decided to actually swim it. I got in the pool and 32 lengths was where I was at. You know, I, th- I thought, okay, this is my starting point. You, you know, so I'm, I've, I've done 32 lengths. This is where my starting point is. I then did, went next time, 34 then 36, then 40, then 50, then 60. And then you know, within an hour, um, sorry, within, within a couple of months, I was doing 190 lengths in an hour. So, so I was getting fitter and fitter and fitter, uh, but I decided I really needed to get into the sea. So um, we, we went down to a place called Felixstowe, uh, not far from here in, in the um, summer of, ni- well, it was October, actually, October 90, so 2006. And I got in the sea and I thought, gosh, this is really cold. In actual fact, it was really quite warm, but to me it was cold. And I got in there and I, so I got in my head the actual difference between swimming in the sea and swimming in the water. But the most, uh, the most amazing experience was December the 26th, uh, 2006 where I decided to swim in Felixstowe, this, 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 the same place again. But I'd looked on Google Earth to see that, that there was a little beach and, uh, and there was a pier. And it looked about probably on, on the map, it looked about an inch, you know, an inch. So I thought, oh, that's not very far at all. And uh, there's going to be a huge bo- uh, boxing day. This was um, swim. Uh, and w- when I say swim, people would run in 
and then run out again. And uh, I, I, I got down there, and when I looked at the actual distance, I, I thought, my goodness me, that is not an inch. <laughs> In actual fact, it was a mile. It was a mile down there. And if you think the actual water temperature on Boxing Day 2006 was actually five degrees centigrade. So it's just you know, five degrees above freezing point. And all we're allowed to wear when you, when you swim the channel is a pair of Speedos, hat, and goggles. That's all you put on, nothing else. You're not no barrier to... layer of Vaseline or anything? No, we, we, we put Vaseline under our armpits and uh, in between our legs just to stop chafing. Okay. But that's, that doesn't keep the cold out. No, no, all, all we do is we go in there and be cold. When they blew the actual whistle to get in, everybody rushed into the sea. And I stepped in hesitantly because I thought, no, I'm not rushing in and rushing out. I've got to swim in this. And I, I got in there. And as it just went above the water, went above my speedos, it was the most bitterly cold thing I've ever experienced in my life. And uh, I looked around and there's all these people were clapping and cheering at me. And I thought, like, I've just got to get in. I've got to get in. And, and I got in and I started swimming. And I kid you not, I thought I must be insane to be in <laughs> This was December the 26th in the North Sea, five degrees centigrade. All these people were looking and I thought, I, I am insane. Uh, but I carried on swimming and, I, and I'd, I'd read a book about hypothermia. And apparently hypothermia sets in, or you know the hypothermia sets in, if your fingers aren't keeping together, because it means your brain has stopped talking to your fingers and they start to separate. And, uh, and I was looking, I was going, one, two, three, look to the left. I know there's a big oil tanker out there. One, two, three, look to the right. People were running along the beach. And I uh, kept thinking about my fingers. No, they're, they're, they're stuck together. All good. And uh, eventually, 35 minutes later, because I was going against the tide, I, I touched the pier and, and got out. And from that day to this, I have never, ever been so cold as that. Uh, it really was a bit of cold. But, the, but that was a, a really good training swim to prepare for what I was going to do the following July. Wow. Wow. So let's talk about the channel itself. So the channel swim, uh, Dover to Calais, you've got traffic to deal with, not just a little bit of traffic, a ton of traffic. What keeps you safe in that environment? Okay, so, so what, what you do, the very first thing you do is you book a, a pilot boat. And the pilot boat uh, costs you, it's a lot of money. It's uh, back then, it was about two and a half thousand pounds. I think it's about three and a half thousand pounds now, which is probably four, four, four and a half, four thousand dollars, something, somewhere around that sort of figure. You book him, and the reason you book him is he is your lifeline in, in the channel. He tells you when you're going to go, and, uh, and he guides you across the channel. And, and as you said, so, so there's actually round about 500 oil and cargo tankers go, goes through the channel. It's like a, it's like a huge freeway it goes through the channel every single day. There's uh, 35 cross-channel ferries go diagonally through the channel every day. And uh, the water temperature in, in there on the day I, I went to swim it was 59 degrees Fahrenheit you know, 15 degrees centigrade. So, so it's cold, it's busy, and um, it, it, it's, just, it's just insane. So what, you do, what you're doing is you pay this guy to take you across. Uh, and and the, the guy who took me the first time was a lovely sort of like a fishing boat type thing. My wife was on board, had a film crew on board actually who filmed it for the Discovery Channel uh, as well at the time. And yeah, and so on, on uh, July the 10th, 2007, we set off at five five thirty in the morning. Yeah, it was a great day. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Now, whenever I do something, whenever anyone looks to do something of an elite nature in the world, it's good to talk to other people that have gone before you, folks that have maybe accomplished that once before. Did you do this on your own? Did you talk to others who had gone before you? Yep. We trained in Dover Harbor, and Dover Harbor contains all the people who are going to swim the channel that year. So, so so we go down on Friday night, should I say, and Saturday morning, we train for seven hours on a, on a Saturday morning, six hours on a Sunday, uh, like a split channel swim, we're calling. So you're mixing with and associating with people of the same mental ilk as you so that you are in that frame of mind that, that, that nothing is going to deter you. And, and one of the people I spoke to was a lady called um, Alison Streeter. Now, she is the world record holder for, for the number of channel swims. A phenomenal lady, um, very down-to-earth lady. She just gets in and, and swims, swims across, you know, whenever she feels like it. It's just quite, quite an amazing lady. And, uh, yeah, so she gave me a piece of advice as, as to how to get across. And I, I call this my secret source and the, sec- the secret to get across the channel. So, okay, for the listeners at home, you want to be paying attention here because this is the giant secret. Tell us what it is. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a huge secret. And uh, I, I took my, my BBC radio microphone down uh, to see her. And, uh, and, I, and I stood there and I said, Alison, I said, please tell me, you know, what is the secret to swimming the channel? And so I held out my microphone, put it in front of her lips. And she said to me, yeah, it's easy. She said, get in the water, start swimming, put one arm in front of the other and keep swimming until you get to France. And so I, I stood there, silence, and I said, yeah, what else? And she said, that's it. And she walked away. <laughs> and, uh, I said, well, that's what I did. I, I laughed. I, I thought, get in the water, start swimming, put one arm in front of the other, and keep swimming until you get to France. And I thought, well, there's got to be more to it than that, surely. And, but she'd gone. She, she'd gone. So, so I, I went back to my bedroom, and I thought, what, is she, what does she mean? What does she mean? And then suddenly uh, I, I got it. I got exactly what she meant. And it was, it was like, it's like I'd been punched in the face with this, with this lightning bolt, you know, and, uh, and uh, I suddenly thought to myself, okay, what she actually meant was if you're running a marathon and you get to say 24 miles out of 26 miles, or if you're starting a new business and you're struggling, or if you're swimming the channel, whatever it is, whatever it might be, it could be any one of those which stretches and takes us out of our comfort zones and we start on our journey and someone might say to you, boo, and you quit. And then someone might say, you know, speaking, public speaking, you're no good at public speaking and we quit. And then she, they might say, you know, leadership, you're, you're not a leader and we quit. And then someone says, sales, you know, you're not going to get into sales, you, you're not a salesperson and we quit. But when Alison said that to me, I, I got exactly what, what, what she meant. What, what she meant was whatever goal you have in your life, whether it be in business, in your personal life, you know, your political life, those simple words, when applied to whatever it is you're trying to achieve, will enable you to achieve those goals. Just get in the water, start swimming, and keep swimming until you get to France. And then uh, what she meant by that was that when you get in the English Channel, the water is going to be very, very cold but just keep swimming until you get to France. When you're in the channel, you're going to get very, very tired because, you know, you're in there for hours and hours and hours and hours, but just keep swimming until you get to France. And then when you're in the channel, you're prob- probably going to get stung by a jellyfish. You know, nine times out of ten, you get stung by a jellyfish, and it's really painful. 
but just keep swimming until you get to France. And when you're, go, when you're going to get in there, yeah, you're going to be seven hours in, in the middle of the shipping lane, all these tankers are coming across, and you're going to think, oh, my God, you know, you're going to start having self-doubts about whether you can actually keep going or not, whether, whether you should have started this in the first place, but you just keep swimming until you get to France. So just keep swimming until you get to France, no matter what. And that's what she meant. That's what she meant. And uh, yeah, Jim, Jim Rohn says, you know, how long should you try until, until, just keep swimming until you get there. And it's the same in business, in, in personal life, whatever. Never give up. Just keep swimming until you get there. I love that. So we're in that when you encounter an obstacle, something that seems like an insurmountable obstacle, whether it is or not, not necessarily quitting, but when do you pivot? When do you change strategy? When you say, what I'm doing is ineffective, I need to adjust. Yeah. Um, when I was in the, in the channel uh, at about seven hours, that was a pivotal moment for me where, where I, had, I did have to adjust in there. When I was in there, my right shoulder really started to hurt. And the reason was, was that I was actually kept drifting away from the boat with the tide. You know, you're supposed to be literally four, five, six, ten feet maximum away from the boat. I was 100 meters away from the boat. Wow. And, and so they said, come back, come back. And I had to try and swim sideways while still going forward to get back to the boat. And continuously doing that caused extreme pain in my right shoulder. And so I thought to myself, how am I going to sort this out? I, I need to adjust what I'm doing here. And so I moved to the other side of the boat. So I, I went behind the boat and went to the other side on that. So, so, you know, so that was a pivotal moment. You know, so you have to be prepared. I think whatever you're doing in life, in business, you have to change possibly what you're doing to adapt to the, to the circumstances. So I think Larry Thompson um, said to me once, he said, uh, he or she who adapts to the current pitch or the current business climate, for instance, the fastest is the person who is going to succeed. You know, so if you, if you don't adapt to, to, the, to the current circumstances, you're going to fail. You, know, you, have to, you have to be able to pivot on the spot, on the fly, in an instant. I'm sure presumably being that close to the boat, uh, you've got exhaust fumes to deal with. You don't want to be breathing that in. You've got to be in clear air. Um, yep. that's, that's got to be an issue as well. Yep, very, very much so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, definitely the, the second one, even more so than the first one. But, but yeah, yeah. But I can still smell now. There was a film crew on board the boat and there was a film crew circling the boat. And every time this one circled, all I could smell was ex exhaust fumes. You know, so when you're in there, you want to be 1,000% focused on what you're doing. All your job is to swim and follow the boat. You don't worry about the tankers or the, the ferries, even though you can see them. You don't worry about them because that's what you paid the pilot for. But when you can smell things like exhaust fumes, you think, oh, this is not good. You're swimming along exhaust fumes. You have to somehow be able to switch that off. But, but all the time, I do remember those fumes. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very much so, yeah. I love the story. I love the story. How has that helped you since then? Because you've done this now, again, three times. Yeah. How has this helped you beyond just having some of the channel? Yeah, I think, I think very much um, what, what, it, what it's done, it's left me a, a legacy that, I, that, that, I, that I, I can tell people that because, of, because I swam the channel in 2007, I'd actually achieved a lifetime goal at age then 44. And then at 45, I did it again. But on top of that, I'd always set in my heart that I wanted to represent my country at swimming. And because of that, I swam for Great Britain twice, once in Serbia 
and once in Mexico. And I'm the oldest known person to have actually represented Great Britain at open water swimming. So I achieved that. And, and then 2010, we did it again. We did, we did, a, we did a relay, six-person relay across the English Channel. What that told me is that I can help other people achieve their goals. You know, so, so it doesn't matter what age you are, you can achieve that goal as long as you have the right m- mindset and, and mental attitude to do it. And, and, and as Alison said about you know, putting one arm in front of the other and never, you know, keep going, just never give up. Never give up. Never negotiate with your dream. If that's your dream, never negotiate with it. If you have this dream, just keep going until you've achieved it. You, you can't say, well, I'm 50, I'm 55, I'm 60, I'm too old. No, just keep going until you achieve your dream. And that might be in business or in sports or in a personal relationship, in, in anything. Just keep going until you do it. Never give up. I love that. Simon Sinek wrote a book, which in fact we reviewed on the podcast called The Infinite Game. And we have this culture that's very win-lose. You've got 90 minutes to, to complete a soccer match, or you've got a hockey game that's 60 minutes, whatever it is. And at the end, when the buzzer goes off, that's the end of the game and, and everyone takes score. But life isn't like that. No, 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 it's not. I, I mean, life just continues. And, and we, we, we all tend to think, well, I'm now this age, so therefore I should be doing this. And I'm this age, so therefore I should be doing that. I don't, I don't think like that. I, I still feel like a 16-year-old inside. You know, the, the body tells you different sometimes, but... You know, you know, you should never give up. You know, as you say, a football match finishes 90 minutes, it's finished. Swimming the channel, for instance, people sort of said, you know, how long does it take? What, what sort of time are you doing? They start asking me about time. And I said, there's no such thing as time when you're in the channel. You just swim until you get there. And now you could get there in 10 hours or you can get there the slowest. Um, so far, it's about 25 hours. You know, 25 wow. hours. And that is just incredible in itself as a story. A lady just kept swimming. She went through about four or five different changes of tides. She, she was up and down the channel, backwards and forwards, four or five times. But she just kept swimming until she got there. Twenty over twenty-five hours it was, you, you know. So you just keep going until you get there, whatever it is, whatever it is. And then Alison Streeter did it in what eight, ten hours, something like that. I haven't got all of her times. So I mean, uh, she's done. Um, when I say world record, she's done it 43 times, 43 swims. That's what she's done. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I think her times range from anything from like nine and a half hours up to 15, 16. You know, uh, it doesn't necessarily matter how fast a swimmer you are. It matters that you don't stop swimming. Kevin Murphy is known as the king of the channel. He, he, he did 34 channel swims he's done. When I swim beside him, I cannot physically swim that slow. My whole body shape is different to his. He's quite short, very short arms. I cannot swim as slow as him. It's not even if I tried. I tried to swim beside him. I just can't. And he will get in the water and he just swims. You know, So he's done some really long swims across the channel because he's so slow. But he just never gives up. He just keeps going until he gets there. He is the proverbial tortoise in the hair. He is. Very much so. Very much wow. so. Well, Paul, if folks want to learn more, if they want to get in touch, what's the best way? I have, I have an email address. It's uh, paul at, and then my, my, my company name is Body and Mind Studio. So it's paul at bodyandmindstudio.co.uk. Well, Paul, thank you for sharing such an inspirational story with us. And for the listeners at home, definitely reach out to Paul at paul at bodyandmindstudio.co.uk. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.